Welcome, my friends, to These Are the Words. I'm Eric Grun. And we are <clears throat> reading from the Continuing with Elder Joseph, the Hesychaste Councils from Precious Vessels of the Holy Spirit. And the music we're listening to is angelic music to attract your guardian angel. Music of angels and archangels for spiritual healing. <laughs> so let's see. There's a commercial. And uh, let's see if I can skip it. Okay. Elder Joseph the Hezekast or Hezekast counsels how souls might be saved is my yearning, the fire of my heart, the divine love within, which continually burns me up inside. Don't fear sicknesses, even when you suffer up to the edge of death. As God is constantly present, why do you worry? In Him we live and move. Our struggle is in His embrace. We breathe God. We are surrounded by God. God. We mystically eat God. Wherever we turn, wherever we look, God is everywhere. In heaven, on earth, in the abyss, in wood, in rocks, in your mind, in your heart. So doesn't he see what you bear, that you suffer? Tell him your complaints and you will see, healing both in your soul and in your body. For the time being I live in a cave. I have wonderful stillness. I am the luckiest of for I live without cares and enjoy the honey of stillness unceasingly. And when grace departs for just a little, stillness comes as another grace, and it shelters me in its harbor. And thus the pains and sadness of this evil and tiring life seem less significant. In the present life, until one's final breath, sadness always comes mixed with joy. If the grace of God doesn't enlighten, enlighten man, if the grace of God doesn't enlighten man, though you say many words, they won't be beneficial. The person listens to you for a moment but soon after returns to that which holds him captive. If, however, grace works immediately, together with your words, then a change is effected at that moment, corresponding to the person's predisposition. And from that moment on, his life is changed. This happens with those who haven't hardened their hearing and conscience. On the contrary, 
If you speak day and night to those who hear about the good, but who disobey and remain in their evil desires, even if you give them all the wisdom of the fathers, do miracles before their eyes, turn the flow of the Nile upon them, there's no way they will benefit in the slightest. They want, however, to come here to my hut to speak, so as to pass their time because of their listlessness. For this reason, I close my door and I, at least, am able to benefit from silence and from prayer. Question yourself as to whether this faith is within you, or perhaps you are led by world, worldly wisdom. And if you leave all things in the hands of God, behold, you have acquired faith, and undoubtedly, without any question, you will find God to be your helper. And so, even should you be tried a myriad of times, and should Satan tempt you to abandon faith, prefer death a thousand times more, and don't obey worldly wisdom. In this way, the door of the mysteries will be opened to you, and you will be amazed how the chains of worldly wisdom previously how the chains of worldly wisdom previously bound you. Prefer, okay. Prefer death a thousand times more and don't obey worldly wisdom. In this way, the door of the mysteries will be opened to you and you will be amazed how the chains of worldly wisdom previously bound you. Now you will fly with divine wings above the earth and breathe the new air of freedom, which, of course, others are deprived of. If, however, you see that within you, you are governed by worldly wisdom, and in the smallest danger you lose hope and despair, know that you have not yet acquired faith, and consequently also hope in God. No sacrifice is more fragrant in the sight of God than purity of body, which is realized through blood and great struggles. The farmer plows the earth, cleans, sows seed, and awaits the mercy of God. If God does not, if God doesn't send rains and helpful winds when they are necessary, the farmer's toils are in vain. It's the same with us. If God does not send the purifying waters of his grace, we remain devoid of fruit, and our works become the, fa the fodder of demons. For our passions drown them, and we don't harvest anything. We mustn't forget that virtuous deeds that are not done for the right reason become evil deeds. The powers of darkness are not fought with sweets and Turkish delight, but with conduits of tears 
with pain of the soul until death, with extreme humility and great patience, with unceasing painful prayer. The enemy is found entrenched and fully armed at all three points which constitute man, soul, body, and environment. He doesn't miss any opportunity to pressure man and to test his faith. The devil, according to each circumstance, attacks and opposes our decisions. His main goal, however, is to hurt our faith and to humiliate man as a traitor and, de and denier. If he manages to do this, he dampens men's desire and zeal. Everything takes place for the sake of faith, but at the same time, faith upholds all things. If faith is shaken, then all things quiver and the front line bends. <coughs> the helping of others, the giving of alms, and all external goods don't calm the arrogance of the heart. Humility of the mind, the pain of repentance, and the breaking of the will, however, humbles the proud spirit. There are those who have soft souls and are easily convinced. There are also those who have hard souls and don't yield easily. The difference is as great as that between cotton and iron. The cotton requires only an anointing with words. The iron requires fire and a furnace of temptation to be worked. The man who has a hard character needs to be patient in enduring temptations for there to be a cleansing. When he isn't patient, he is like a lamp without oil which quickly goes out and is lost. When the mind takes possession of the prayer and man senses the joy therein, when the mind takes possession of the prayer and man senses the joy therein, then the prayer will begin to pray continuously on its own, without the person's struggle. Whether the person is eating walking, sleeping, or waking, he shouts the prayer within and has peace and joy. When the energy of the prayer continues for a long period, it becomes paradise within man. He is freed from the passions and becomes a different person. If he happens to be in the desert, my, my, then the joys of the prayer are beyond words. Prayer offered without attention and nepsis is a waste of time. It is struggle without re reward. It is struggle without reward. We must set up circumspection as an unsleeping guard of all our senses, internal and external. For without attention, the mind and the powers of the soul are dispersed in vain and common things just as useless water runs out into the road, 
No one can ascend to the heights unless he disdains the things below. Often, when we pray, our mind goes from one thing to the next, wherever it likes and to whatever it has grown accustomed to be drawn to. For this reason, violence is needed for us to gather our mind and to speak the words of prayer with care. The mind feeds the soul, and whatever good or bad thing it sees or hears it, it passes on to the heart, which is the center of the spiritual and physical powers of man. Before temptation has the opportunity to draw the tempting thought into your mind, destroy it with prayer. Don't let it be. Flee from bad thoughts as from a fire. Don't take notice of them at all, so they can't take root in you. And don't despair, for God is great and forgives sinners. When you err, repent and force yourself not to repeat the offense. From a letter to a spiritual son. From a letter to a spiritual son. Come now, my beloved son. If only for a day, we will speak with God and about God. Come and enjoy Him when you miss. Listen to the wild boulders, those secret and silent theologians, while they develop deep thoughts for you and guide you, mind and heart, to the Creator. After spring, it is beautiful here. From Holy Pascha, until the Feast of the Mother of God in August, the voiceless theologians theologize. The beautiful rocks and all of creation, each with its own voice or with its voicelessness. If you reach out your hand to a little plant, it immediately shouts loudly with its natural fragrance. Ah, can't you see me? You hit me. Everything here has a voice, and with the blowing of the wind, as they are moved, they join together in a harmonious musical doxology towards God. When the monk cleans the senses in stillness, the mind becomes peaceful, and the heart is cleansed, and he receives grace and the light of knowledge. He becomes completely light, completely mind, completely transparent. Then he gushes theology, such that even if three people were to write down his experiences, they wouldn't manage. The flow of waves is so great, and it spreads peace and the complete cessation of the passions throughout the body. The heart is inflamed from love of God and shouts out, Slow down the waves of your grace, my Jesus, for I am melting like a candle. And truly he melts without suffering. The mind is taken up into divine vision, and a mixing takes place. Man is transformed and becomes one with God, such that he doesn't recognize himself just as iron becomes one with fire. Through knowledge of himself, the Christian becomes wiser than other people. 
At the same time, he develops humility and receives grace from the Lord. Neglect plots against us. It's like a drought that hinders any kind of planting. It hurts everyone. It hinders those who want to begin the spiritual battle and stops those who have begun it. It hinders those who are unaware and keeps those who have been deluded from returning. Whatever we don't give to God for Him to use, the other will use. For this reason our Lord gave us the commandment to love with all our heart and soul, so that the evil one won't be able to find a place of rest within us. When grace works in the soul of one who is praying, the love of God floods the soul to such an extent that he is unable to handle his experience. Afterwards, his love turns toward the world and mankind, which he loves so much that he asks to take upon him self which he loves so much that he asked to take upon him himself all human suffering and grief so as to free those who suffer and more generally he identifies with every grief and affliction even of irrational beasts so that he weeps when he considers their suffering these are the attributes of love which prayer energizes and inspires. For this reason, those who are dedicated to prayer never cease interceding on behalf of the world. As strange and as bold as it may seem to say, the prolongation of the life of this world is due to these people. Know that if such people cease to exist, the end of the world will come. When you want to learn the will of God, abandon your own will completely along with every other thought or plan, and with much humility ask God in prayer for his understanding. And so, whatever you feel sketched or laid on your heart, do it and it will be according to God's will. Those who have even more presence and candor in seeking God's will here will hear within themselves more clearly the answer. Become more careful in their lives and don't do anything without divine guidance. When someone whom you know judges you and tempts you is present, it is almost impossible for him not to bother you as much as you may try to remain unaffected. After pardoning and praying for him, however, you recover from the grief of sadness. The beginning of the path toward pure prayer is the battle against the passions. It is impossible to progress in prayer as long as the passions still exist. In spite of this, the presence of the grace of prayer is not blocked as long as one is not careless or proud. You don't see how, with every prayer you utter, many demons fall and, and turn back. You only see how much you are wounded. Know that they also are being beaten and flee. Each time we show patience, they flee in leaps, and with each prayer they are seriously wounded. So in the time of war, 
Don't expect that while you are firing battles, uh, don't expect that while you are firing bullets and cannonballs, that they'll retaliate with Turkish delight and chocolates. Active love without submission cannot exist. How can you love and serve if you don't first submit to the other's will? Every movement of active love is service, and so those who obey serve in two ways. On the one hand, they show their faith in the one giving the order, and on the other hand, they show their love through the service rendered. If someone wanted to live with me, he would hear my prayers and sighs and would see the tears I shed for all my brethren. All night I pray and shout, Lord, save all my brethren, or else blot me out as well. I don't want paradise if I'm on my own. Okay, and the next section is the Elder Joseph, the Hesychast, and Notes. Elder Joseph the Hezekiah's cave dweller of Mount Athos and spiritual grandfather of countless monks in Greece, America, and Canada. There's a photograph with him and a cane. Okay, the next chapter is Elder Paisios, and I will I will talk about him in the next episode, Elder Paisios, the Athonite Life. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and may you have a blessed day and good evening.